Is the first four trumpets of Revelation an asteroid? Any progress on the Middle East peace agreement? Will Russia and Europe destroy each other in the current conflict? Driving God out of America and the Antichrist socialistic kingdom, believe it or not, all in today's headlines. We'll analyze today's news from a prophetic perspective on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I do want to say we had wonderful conferences this weekend. We were in Fort Smith, Arkansas last Thursday evening. Then on Friday, we drove to Branson. Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, we were at Jerry Presley's God and Country Theater. I taught prophecy at 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoon. And what a great experience, both of those conferences were. We had many people come out. We signed up a ton of Bible studies. It was a great conference. And so, uh, thank you. Some people drove five hours to get to Branson to, to uh, hear the prophecy lesson. So, certainly looking forward to the, week, the one coming up here in the weekend. I'll be announcing that here in just a moment. But there's so much going on in the news right now. And if you don't understand the prophecies of the Bible, it's just going to sweep you by. You won't have a clue. That's why it's so important to understand these Bible prophecies. That way you can know what's coming at us, know how to prepare for the times just ahead, and certainly for the second coming of Jesus Christ, preparing ourselves for eternity. So I'm going, I'm going to go through article after article, tie it into Bible prophecy, and I'll go through as many of these as we can on this edition of End of the Age. The first one... The Charisma News, a while back. Now, this has been a, 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 maybe a year or two ago that, I, that this article came out. However, it's in the news right now. People have been talking about it. That Charisma News ran an article, Does Biblical Prophecy Predict a Giant Asteroid Will Strike the Earth in 2029? And it really, you'll see how it ties into the prophecies that we teach but there's a little different interpretation, and I want you to understand that. So the article from Charisma News said that according um, that some are teaching, Revelation chapter 8 foretells of wormwood striking the earth and causing plagues and darkness, and that these scriptures are referring to a giant asteroid that many scientists right now are calling Apophis. A-P-O-P-H-I-S, Apophis. The article goes on to state that some are teaching that the biblical wormwood is actually an asteroid, and if an astronomer were to read about the first four trumpets in the book of Revelation, that he would see sign after sign of an asteroid strike. Now again, 
I'm going through a Charisma news article. I'll get to you what the Bible actually teaches about this in just a moment. The article goes on to say, the first trumpet sounds, and what happens? Fire falls, and particles fall down from heaven, burning. And they catch the grasses and the fields on fire. And the article says that's exactly what would happen ahead of a very large asteroid or body where you have the debris that are being pushed out in front of it, breaking up as it enters into the atmosphere. And then secondly, the article says, Revelation describes a stone like a mountain that is burning as it falls down to the earth. Okay, It strikes the ocean, destroying the ships in the sea. Some teach this could be a binary asteroid in which one part of it hits the earth, one part of it hits the sea. Now, they're they're stretching here, okay? But I'm just going through the article and setting up for what the prophecy really teaches. Or it could be one asteroid that breaks apart as it enters into the atmosphere. Because there are people teaching this right now. We want to make sure we get this right. In the third trumpet of Revelation, wormwood pollutes and corrupts the waters. And then in the fourth trumpet, darkness envelops the sky and blackens everything. The article says from Charisma News, that's exactly what would happen with these large bodies hitting the earth, boiling the waters of the sea, causing them to rise up into the atmosphere, creating hurricane and tornado activity, uh, impacting the earth. The second part of it, knocking all this dust and debris up into the heavens. It would literally, for a period of two or three days, just as described in Scripture, Blacken out the sun and the moon. They state it could literally crack the mantle of the earth. It's going to be at minimum representing tens of millions of deaths. But depending on where it comes from, where it comes down and what the earth, what the long-term effects on the atmosphere are, it could ultimately lead to billions of deaths. Okay. What does the Bible say? That's what we really want to go with here because the article is kind of explaining the some people's perspective on uh, Revelation chapter 8 where it talks about the first four seals. And so I wanted to kind of clear up a a, a misconception, well, actually several misconceptions here because I want to make sure you get it right here. Revelation chapter 8, verse 10 through 11, the Bible says, just about the third angel, that it sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood, or bitter, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, From what we teach, I'm not going to take time to go to all the prophecies because I've got a ton of articles to go through. But I want you to consider the Chernobyl nuclear accident, April 26, 1986. Which is what we believe. As a matter of fact, I, I, I definitely believe that that was the fulfillment of the prophecy, the third trumpet that was sounded, the Chernobyl nuclear accident. So consider... Uh, a few things, and then I'll move on. There will be times when I'll teach through the seven trumpets. Again, I've got a lot of things I want to get through today. But 
at, after the um, Chernobyl nuclear accident, the, they created a memorial devoted to the first responders that showed up. They were called liquidators to show, uh, that showed up to fight under horrible circumstances, pretty much knowing they were going to die. Let me hold right here because I, we're coming up to a break and I want to make sure you guys get this star worm. I'm going to give you a few proofs here uh, why it is the Chernobyl nuclear accident and not a meteor that's going to hit in 2029. The third trumpet has already blown. The, the first, the one through five have already blown. I'll show you that in just a moment. We'll get off deep into that when we get back from the break and many more articles. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 time. That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1 800 end time or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. So uh, before we get off into the Star Wormwood Memorial here, I wanted to announce to you this weekend, uh, that would be Saturday the 20th of August at 6 p.m., I will be in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's at the Calvary Pentecostal Church, 7288 Greenwood uh, Road, Suite 109. And Saturday evening, August 20, 6 p.m., I'll be doing the future according to Bible prophecy Sunday morning, August 21st at 10.40 a.m. to 12.40. I'll be doing Breaking Prophecy News, and we'll have a time of Q&A at the end. It's going to be awesome. I think you'll love it. And so, certainly would want to see anybody in the area that listens to us in the Shreveport, Louisiana area, join us over there uh, for that conference. And we'll be announcing this several times throughout the week. But if you need more information, go to uh, endtime.com. Go to the events tab and then the conferences tab. All the information, 
maps, phone numbers, everything you need to get to the conference are there looking forward. We had wonderful attendance in Fort Smith and Branson, Missouri. So looking forward to having a, a great conference in um, Shreveport, Louisiana, this coming up this weekend. Now, the Star of Wormwood Memorial. It was a worm. It was a memorial that was devoted to the first responders that responded to the Chernobyl nuclear accident. They actually called it. Now, this was a secular group of the government actually called it the Star of Wormwood Memorial. And so, because Wormwood actually in a Ukrainian Bible would be Chernobyl. Okay. Also, at this site of the Star of Wormwood Memorial, they, so many people believe that that was the, because of what the Bible says and how the Ukrainians interpret Chernobyl, that they believed it was a prophet, the, the third trumpet in Bible prophecy, that they placed a 30-foot-tall iron-worked angel there, and they named it the Trumpeting Angel at the site of the Star of Wormwood Memorial. And then also, three months after the Chernobyl nuclear accident on, would have been July 26, 1986, the New York Times published an article titled, The Talk of Moscow, Chernobyl Fallout, Apocalyptic Tale and Fear. And the article stated this. Now, I'm going to quote from the article back in 1986. A prominent Russian writer recently produced a tattered old Bible, And with a practiced hand, he turned to Revelations. He said, listen, this is incredible. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. The men died of the waters, and they were made because they were made bitter. Now, the writer who was an atheist, used a dictionary to show the Ukrainian word for wormwood, a bitter wild herb used as a tonic in rural Russia. What was the name of the word? Chernobyl. So this, and there's many other proofs that the third trumpet was in fact the Chernobyl nuclear accident back in 1986. It is not a meteorite that is coming... um, or an asteroid that's coming in 1929. The Chernobyl nuclear accident has already occurred. And I wanted to kind of clear up a misconception here, because if you were reading some of these articles, you would think, well, hey, 2029, this big old thing's going to happen. No, no, that's already happened. Now, you say, well, then what was the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth trumpet? Well, the, the, the first trumpet, World War I, 1914 to 1918. The second trumpet, World War II, 1939 to 45. The third trumpet, the Chernobyl nuclear accident. The fourth trumpet was the speeding up of time with the process of globalization and with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. We moved right off into the New World Order, November 9th, 1989. You understand the significance of that year, 1989, the year that changed the world. The fifth trumpet, Iraq War with Saddam Hussein, 1991. The sixth trumpet war, World War III, That's a future event. And then the seventh trumpet, obviously the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon, and of course that date is currently unknown. So it's very important that we get these prophecies right 
because this is part of the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation. You want to understand all these events that lead up to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. You've got to get the timing of all this right. Okay? And so I wanted to kind of clear up some of this here for you to make sure that we get it right. So many people that follow the Bible believe that it was the Chernobyl nuclear accident. Many people, now, not everybody. Again, that's why I wanted to share you some things that, with you some things that happened in Ukraine. Because there are people, there are many prophecy teachers that don't agree with that. And so we just want to make sure that we cleared up some misconceptions so that you're getting the truth of all the situation here. Now, let me go to another article. Uh, American Thinker. They published an article that said, Who will succeed Mahmoud Abbas as the Palestinian president? Now let me go through some excerpts in the article and then I'll tell you why after that because I'm kind of setting it up here. Mahmoud Abbas, president of the Palestinian Authority, is 86 years old now. Against all odds, Abbas has been able to control the Palestinian Liberation Organization and the the, uh, Palestinian Authority, the PA, with an iron fist. I mean, every time there's a negotiation, all of the presidents had to go through Mahmoud Abbas. Well, to this day, he remains um, an Arab, um, the man in control of everything. Nonetheless, Abbas's health has been failing more and more rapidly as of late. And honestly, many people believe he's simply on his last legs. But, the, so the question is, who will replace him? Because he's been so against the two-state solution in the Middle East for, for decades now. And so when a boss goes, we know there's going to be a two-state solution in the very near future. I'll go through that in just a moment. But when, so we as prophecy teachers want to know. A boss, it looks like, is never going to give in to that. But this article says, when a boss goes, since there is no acceptable heir apparent, chaos will ensue. The Palestinian Authority areas will fall out in the West Bank will fall into disarray. Hamas will try to infiltrate the West Bank further, as it has been doing slowly but surely right now. And to avoid that outcome... Israel is going to have to take full control of the Oslo delineated delineated, um, areas A, B, and C. And that will mean the end of the Palestinian Authority. Now, the Palestinian Authority, the public public there, I should say, the Palestinian public openly prefer the quality of life Israel offered to the West Bank before Oslo. And they will take this any day over the corrupt Palestinian Authority. This is what their leaders, the tribal figures, intellectuals, and even the students have um, stated in lengthy interviews. Still, Israel may not want to take back the burden of handling these Palestinian territories like Ramallah, Jenin, and um, Tukaram. Now, this is the important part of the article. Change is in the air. It's been at a loggerhead for just years. All of these uh, United... um, the America's efforts towards peace in the Middle East just have come basically to nothing for years and years and years. I'm talking about with the Israelis and the Palestinians. But change is in the air. The Abraham Accords have ushered in a new era of peace and cooperation in the region, not with the Israelis and the Palestinians, and there's now talk of confederating 
Jordan with areas A, B, and C? Well, the plan to do so was first announced in Al Arabiya News, owned by the Saudi royal family, back on June the 8th of this year, in an article written by Ali Shahabi, a close confidant of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Now, there's no, they, the article says there's nothing to stop Jordan from pursuing the idea of confederation and replacing the Palestinian Authority. This is very important because I've been to Israel many times. I've been to the West Bank. I've been to the Palestinian regions. I've been to Bethlehem, been to uh, um, Jericho, many places. I've talked to the Palestinians. We've talked to the Israelis, the, the Israelis, the Jews that live out there. They can all get along. It's the governments, a boss, that has kept them, everything all stirred up. So there's a, that's why the article was very important that I wanted to share with you because a boss is fixing to go off the scene, you understand? And there is a, a, a new, a kind of a new ideology there. Now, not with everybody, but with some of the younger generation that are coming up that, hey, we would much rather live like, the Israelis do than what the PA would keep us under control and living uh, a a certain um, lifestyle. So they don't see the Israeli-Palestinian conflict like their forefathers did. And so they're willing to make compromises. And so are the younger generation of Israelis that are coming up. Well, why is this so important right now? Because prophecies foretell the future. What's coming? If, if we did not know Bible prophecy, now think about this, everybody. If we didn't understand the prophecies of the Bible, we would have no clue. We would be totally in the dark on all of this. But because we know Bible prophecy, we know what's coming. And we know what's going to happen in the Middle East and around much of the world and different things uh, that are transpiring right now. We know what's coming, and so we can prepare for things and especially prepare for the second coming. If there was no Bible, we would have no clue that there was a second coming, right? Or that there was a first coming. But prophecies foretell the future of this very conflict, the Israeli-Palestinians. What's going to happen? Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, prophesies that the Antichrist will confirm Israel's right to exist in the Promised Land. The peace, this peace agreement will be a seven-year temporary, an interim peace agreement, And it's going to be temporary because the status of Jerusalem will be left unresolved until the end of the final seven-year period. Actually, it's it's never going to be solved. Israel's going to retain control of Jerusalem all the way through. Half of it will be captured at the Battle of Armageddon, but that's when the Lord's going to come back and He's going to take care of business at that point. So... The, there's going to be a creation of a Palestinian state in Judea. Now, I know with Mahmoud Abbas in power, that looks totally impossible. However, like the article that I, I took some of the excerpts out of, there's a change in the air. The Abraham Accords, people are watching that and they're seeing with great prosperity that is coming from this regional agreement that Donald Trump set up and there are people in the Palestinian, um, under their jurisdiction, the Palestinians, the Palestinian people, 
that are watching the Abraham Accords and thinking, you know what? That doesn't seem so such a bad idea, normalizing relations with Israel. And so there's a peace agreement coming. Now, I don't know if it will be the Abraham Accords. I'm not saying that. But it is very possible that an Abraham Accord situation could come to that region and finally come to some sort of an agreement, and then we move off into the final seven years. Again, it could, it could, it could maybe not be the, the Abraham Accords, and maybe because um, we know the Antichrist and everybody's going to be involved in all of this, maybe it's a European solution. I don't know. But all I know is, is I know what the Bible says the future is going to be. The peace, this peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians will provide for a Palestinian state in the West Bank. And historically and biblically, this area is referred to as Judea. Remember, Jesus said, let the, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. That's the modern day West Bank. It starts right on the backside of the Mount of Olives and goes all the way uh, just on the other side of the Jordan River. Now, the agreement will also allows Jews in Judea to remain as a Jewish minority. They're called settlers in the news under that new Palestinian state. We know that, again, from the prophecy of Jesus in Matthew 24, 15 through 18, and then verse 21. He said, when you see this... So, on the Olivet Discourse, he's up on the Mount of Olives, looking, talking to his disciples. They ask him, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Well, he's up on the Mount of Olives. They're overlooking the Temple Mount and the second temple that stood there at that time. He knew and they knew where the holiest of holies was. It was on the Temple Mount. They're looking at the temple. So, Jesus said, as he's answering in the Olivet Discourse, when he comes to verse 15, he says, when you, and he's talking to us. Now, he's not talking to them because he knew that he, he had just told them, hey, when you see all this, it's all going to be destroyed. And he thought that was like cold water in their face. I mean, that was the center of Jewish life. And Jesus told them, not one stone is going to be left on another. So he was saying, all this is coming down. But now he's answering the question, what it's going to be like at the end of the age. And he says, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel stand in the holy place. So he said, this is going to be wiped out, but there's going to be another temple that stands there. And Daniel prophesied of a time when there would be in Daniel 9, 27, they, a, a, an abomination of desolation occur. That's when the Antichrist would stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaim to be God. There's many ways we can prove that there will be a third Jewish temple that stands on the Temple Mount. This is one of the ways we can do this. He was not talking about the second temple because that was going to be destroyed. He was talking about one that would stand at the time of the end of the age, which is where you and I are at right now. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles. 
like the prophesied American-Israeli alliance, end-time do's and don'ts, and could school choice save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Now, again, Jesus is talking about the abomination of desolation. Well, what's the abomination of desolation? That's when the Antichrist will stand in a Jewish temple and proclaim to be God. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Jesus said, when you, at the end of the age, when you see that event occur, then it goes to verse 16. Well, the Bible actually says, um, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the whole place, Whoso readeth, let him understand. So there will be people on the earth that understand these prophecies and that can instruct other people what to do and what to look for, right? We would have no idea what to look for if it was not for the prophecies of the Bible. Jesus said, when you see that event occur, then let them which be in Judea, the modern-day West Bank, flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down, take anything out of his house, Neither let him which is in the field return back to his clothes. You guys are going to hit the ground running. Why? For then, now, um, for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever shall be. The greatest time of persecution the world has ever known. Now, I, I want to pause right here to make sure you get something very important. Because of this prophecy, that. And I'm just going to be totally transparent with you. Most people teach that we will be gone when this event occurs. If you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, you believe that we're going to be gone three and a half... This, this abomination of desolation happens three and a half years into the final seven years. If you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, you believe we're going to be gone prior to this final seven years beginning. Not a final seven years of great tribulation. There's only three and a half years of tribulation. There is a final seven-year period. But if, you believe, if those that teach a, a pre-tribulation rapture, they believe we're going to be gone prior to this. However, for those of you that believe in a post-tribulation rapture, you know that we're still going to be here during this period. And you understand that End Time Ministries has a plan to reach these Jews that are living out there that Jesus warned to flee. Because they don't follow the New Testament. How are they going to know to flee? It's, this is in Matthew chapter 24. The Jews don't pay any attention to that. 
So Jesus warned them in Matthew 24. Why isn't it an Old Testament prophecy that they would have to flee? Jesus warned them because he knew there would be people here on the earth. Remember, he's talking to those at the time of the end of the age. So he knew that, hey, there's going to be a final seven-year period, and somebody's going to have to warn them they're going to have to flee. So when the final seven years starts, and we know that the peace agreement's been signed, and all the characteristics of the peace agreement are in play, End Time Ministries is going to send a magazine to every home in Israel. And it's going to explain to them this prophecy and everything that is entailed or what Jesus prophesied, the conflict, the, the, the promised land, everything that is given, everything that's laid out here. And Jesus said, when you see this abomination of desolation occur, you're going to have to flee. The magazine's going to go out immediately after, once we know the peace agreement's been signed. Three years into that, we're going to take a door-knocking campaign to every home in the West Bank, warning them, we sent you a magazine, now, here we are, you're going to have to flee because there's going to be a great persecution. And I, I have people that have talked to me, now, of course, we've had thousands of people sign up to go. I know people who are missionaries in that area that are going to help us. I can't reveal their name, but they're, go- they're there to help us facilitate the door-knocking campaign in, the, in that region out there in the West Bank. You say, why are you guys going to do that? Because this is going to happen and somebody's got to warn them. And God has laid it upon our heart. He gave the vision to my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. And now you can see the importance of that, that we mail the magazine, that we warn these people, because the more Jews we can get to flee, the more that we'll have an opportunity to be saved in the end time. Remember uh, Romans eleven twenty-five and 26, when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, all of Israel shall be saved. Uh, Zechariah chapter 13, two-thirds of them will be cut off. But one-third of them, the Lord said, I will bring them through the fire and they're going to be saved in the end time. It's the remnant of Jews. And so it's very, very important. End time ministries, we have a college in Jerusalem because of this. We're going to help facilitate uh, this revival that's going to happen among the Jews. And I teach Jews every Thursday morning from right here in our television studios to those individuals that are there. Now, what's more important than helping people know Jesus Christ? What's more important than that? and preparing them for His second coming. So we're heavily involved in that, and I know many of you understand the vision, you understand these prophecies, and you've helped us with that over the years, and we're so, so thankful to you for that. Now, in this passage here of Matthew 24, verses 15 through 18, and then down to 21, where it talks about the tribulation period, the greatest time of persecution this world's ever known. Not the greatest war the greatest time of persecution, big difference that this world's ever seen. In this passage, Jesus is painting a picture. Jesus is painting a picture of the Jews living under a hostile government in Judea, under Palestinian jurisdiction. Again, I have articles that state that there are Jews. As a matter of fact, I teach one of the settlers that come in to my Thursday morning class, he's a settler. 
One of our guides, when we go to Israel, we'll be going to Israel here in just a few weeks. One of our guides is a settler that lives out in the West Bank. They are willing to live out there to protect their property and to to, um, occupy the land like the Bible says. They are fundamentalists. They believe in living out there and doing what the Bible says. They are willing to live out there under Palestinian rule if it will bring peace to the area and they don't have to give up their homes. So the Bible says that those that are living out there at that time when the abomination of desolation occurs, halfway through that final seven-year period, the Jews living in Judea will have to flee for their lives. And uh, moving on here, this event will launch the final three and one half years called the Great Tribulation. Now, it's really amazing because this scenario Jesus painted 2,000 years ago is exactly what is presently being discussed in the ongoing peace negotiations. And you've heard about them. They've been, we've been negotiating for years to try to get a peace deal done. Some people have backed off. It appears that uh, uh, Joe Biden has backed off a little bit and not really hands-on like a Donald Trump was. But there's still peace negotiations going on all the way through. At some point or another, there are people that are talking behind closed doors, seeing what's going on, feeling out Yair Lapid and Netanyahu, what's going on. People are talking about it. So there's always stuff going on, articles being written about it, uh, a, a Middle East confederation with Jordan. and So there's still efforts going on, even though it's not a hands-on type thing like Donald Trump. But again, the Palestinians contend with Mahmoud Abbas that the only hope for peace between them and the Israelis is a two-state solution. And they, the Palestinians have said, and we've got to have our capital in East Jerusalem. And that they, they claim their state should be established in Judea, the West Bank. And the United States, the European Union, the United Nations, they all agree that the, a two-state solution is the only viable solution to the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians. It appears from all that we have watched over all these years that Mahmoud Abbas, that's impossible. But there's a new generation coming up, folks, and appears they're going to... Well, I know, the Bible says they're going to get something done. After this peace agreement, the Temple Mount's going to be shared. Outside of the control of Jerusalem and the status of the Temple Mounts, that's the most hotly disputed issue in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Muslims claim the Temple Mount as their third holiest site after Mecca, Medina, uh, located in Saudi Arabia. The Al-Aqsa Mosque in the Dome of the Rock, they presently are up on top of the Temple Mount. However, the Jews regard the Temple Mount as their number one holy site, by far. In their first temple, it stood there back in uh, from 968 to 586 B.C., The second temple was there from 516. They built that when they came back out of Babylonian captivity, Zerubbabel and all of his contemporaries, 516 B.C. until 70 A.D. God promised King Solomon that he would place his name there forever, on the Temple Mount and in Jerusalem. And consequently, the Jews insist that their third temple must soon be built there. And the Bible says that it will be. So how in the world is this intractable dispute going to ever be settled? This 35 acres, how's that ever going to be resolved under, this, under a coming peace agreement? It seems totally impossible today. I understand. 
But many things have seemed impossible. But the, when the Bible prophesies them, folks, they're going to happen. Uh, do you remember back during the, how, how could we solve this two-state solution? I'm sorry, the, how could we solve the Temple Mount dispute? Well, remember back during the Camp David Accords, the peace negotiations back then, back in 2000, Bill Clinton suggested that the Muslims and the Jews would just share the Temple Mount. Why don't you guys just share it? Yasser Arafat, Ehud Barak. They come to just, they pretty much agreed on a lot of things, but when it comes to the Temple Mount, Nope, Yasser Arafat said, no, we're going to control that completely. Recently, a few years ago, there was a law introduced in the Israeli Knesset to place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement. The Bible prophesies the Temple Mount will be shared under a coming peace agreement. The prophecy found um, Revelation 11, 1 and 2. John said, there was a, given unto me a reed like unto a rod, and an angel stood and said, saying, rise, Measure the temple of God and the altar and them which worship therein, but leave but the court which is without the temple, leave it out. Don't, me- don't even measure it. For it's given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot 42 months. That's talking about the time of the um, Great Tribulation, that three and a half year period. So John was instructed to measure the temple and those that worship therein, But don't measure the outer court because it's trodden down to the Gentiles. This scripture paints a picture of the Temple Mount being shared between Jew and Gentile. And this this scene is in the prophecy described um, uh, with the Temple Mount during the the final 42 years of that final seven-year agreement. Now, the Jewish Temple is going to be built. Revelation again, 11, 1 and 2. John was told to measure the temple. You can't measure a temple if there's no temple to measure. The Temple Mount in Jerusalem had already been destroyed in 70 AD. He's writing this in, in, uh, while he's exiled on the Isle of Patmos in about 95, 96 AD. And he was told to do this when there were 42 months left. So it lets us know the Jewish temple has to be built and completed during the first three and one half years of that final seven-year agreement. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 confirms, it says that the Antichrist will sit in the temple of God at the time of the abomination of desolation, which occurs halfway through that final seven-year period. And again, you can't sit in a temple if there's no temple to sit in, right? Again, this proves that the Jewish temple will be completed during the first three and one-half years of that final seven-year agreement. It's very, very important that we understand these things because these are happening in our news right now. Things are happening and changing in the Middle East. The guy who has been so dead set against it is getting ready to move off the scene. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, 
please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Now, with that said, talking about the, the prophesied peace agreement that will occur, the Jerusalem Post ran an article recently, Middle East peace will come despite U.S. policy. Now, there's, there's much here that we can talk about. I want to get to, man, I, there's so many articles I'm not going to get to, but there, we know that the Antichrist will confirm the covenant with many. Maybe the, maybe the United States will propose the peace agreement and then Europe, the international community gets on board and then the Antichrist be, will be the one that signs it and finally confirms it. I don't know how all that's going to play out. I do know it will be the Antichrist. And so it remains, the, the article here states that there will be a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians despite any kind of a U.S. policy, whether it's a Donald Trump, hands-on, here we go, we're going to take the bull by the horns, or a Joe Biden, very passive, I don't really want to deal with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The Jerusalem Post said there's going to be a peace regardless of what the U.S. does. And that's scriptural. The article says, and I just pulled a few excerpts here, it remains unclear as to whether the current U.S. president, or Joe Biden, will be making any meaningful contribution to Middle East peace. On July 15th, At the end of his first visit to Israel as U.S. President, Joe Biden flew to Saudi Arabia. The White House was eager to stress that it was his first direct flight, the first direct flight of its kind, emblematic of America's involvement in the normalization of of relations between the Jewish state and the Arab world. Yet, while the U.S. has undoubtedly played a, a vital role in advancing Middle East peace, At several crucial moments in the past, progress was achieved despite and not because of Washington's intended policy. American peace proposals are almost as old as the the Arab-Israeli conflict. And there is a long list of failed American Middle East plans. So, again... Whether the a lot of people say, well, hey, we're relying upon the United States. The, the, the United States. The United States is not a very good, can't be our negotiator anymore. They're not a good mediator. Uh, boss said, I don't even want to deal with them. Folks, regardless, the, the United States may be involved, we may not. But regardless, there's going to be a peace agreement in the Middle East, even if it's just Europe. The international community will have to get on board. There is going to be a two-state solution signed. But it may not be a peace agreement that the United States has initiated. I want you to understand this because, very, very important, this is a prophecy in the Bible with a date on it. The Bible says once this peace agreement is signed, and it has all the characteristics of the prophesied agreement, folks, we moved off into the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Battle of Armageddon. So we need to understand this, and believe me, we'll be talking about it day and night on the radio once it happens, because it won't be long before we'll be going to Israel and doing that door-knocking campaign, and then it won't be too long after that, a few years, that the Lord's going to come back. You say, Dave, I understand that, but no man knows the day or the hour. Folks, we've got to get over that hump, because 
The Bible, Jesus did say, no men knoweth the day or the hour. They didn't know 2,000 years ago. They didn't. None of the apostles understood the writings of Daniel. The, the book of Daniel, mostly Bible prophecy. And the Lord told Daniel in Daniel chapter 12, close up and seal this book because it's for the people of the time of the end. None of the apostles understood Daniel's writing. Jesus mentioned Daniel's writing here in Matthew, in Matthew 24. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, whoso readeth, let him understand. The apostles could not understand. Who was Jesus talking to there? He's talking to you and me. Because the modern nations that Daniel prophesied about, they're on the earth now. We understand that. The world empires that would be on the earth. Daniel knew of some of them. He was living in the Babylonian empire. And the Medes and the Persians. But the Grecians the, and the Roman Empire and the Holy Roman Empire, Daniel didn't know about that stuff. He knew about the, he was, he was there at Belshazzar's feast when the Medes and the Persians took over that night. He understood that very well. And so Daniel, Daniel didn't understand some of those things, those world empires. Certainly the um, apostles, they understood the, Rome, the Grecian Empire and the Roman Empire but they had no clue about the, the Holy Roman Empire. They couldn't understand that because the Holy Roman Empire was not established until 800 A.D. when Pope Leo III crowned, the, the, uh, crowned Charlemagne, the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. How could Daniel and the apostles understand about the Holy Roman Empire? They couldn't. So Jesus said, hey, right now, no man knoweth the day or the hour. But that does not mean, remember 1 Thessalonians 5. The Apostle Paul said, men and brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. You're, you're, you know very well the Lord comes as a thief in the night. But he said, you, and then he's jumping to us. He jumps forward 2,000 years and he says, but you are not children of the night that that day should overtake you as a thief. You're children of the day, so watch and be sober, right? Isn't that, read 1 Thessalonians 5. He was saying there are people at some point in time that will have a good grasp on the timing of all of this. And when you, sign, you see that peace agreement signed, the Bible says the Antichrist will confirm the covenant for seven years. At the end of that time, at the end of the Great Tribulation, is when the, second, uh, the seventh trump occurs, the vials of the wrath of God occur, the battle of Armageddon occurs. That's when the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ all take place. So, We've got to get over, we, we, right now, I cannot tell you a date. Matter of fact, I'll never give a date. But I will say, hey, we've got about seven years left. Hey, in the middle of it, we've got about three and a half years left. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this. There may be a chance that we would know three and a half days prior to when the rapture is going to occur. You said, oh, there you go, setting a date. Listen. Go to Revelation chapter 11. Okay? When the two witnesses are taken up, that's the rapture. The Bible says, in that same hour, and then it goes into the seventh trumpet. Read it. The Bible says they're killed, and they lay in the streets for three and one-half days 
and then they're taken up. That's the time of the rapture. So, who's to know but what we won't know three and a half days prior to that when the Lord will return? Now, we'll have to see how it all plays out. I'm just I'm speculating and throwing that out there, something for you to chew on tonight. If it keeps you awake, hey, maybe you can figure it out. But I'm saying read Revelation 11 very closely. And so it's very, very important that we at least look at it, try to understand it, and it's going to be an awesome time. You say, well, man, I don't know if we'll ever get it all figured out. We may not. But as long as I'm ready to go, that's number one. And that's one thing, I've been talking about this a lot in our prophecy conferences. If we all don't agree on, every, on the interpretation of every prophecy, you know what? That's okay. I love you. I want to see you go to heaven. But number one in everybody's life listening to me, make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Make sure you're ready to go. If it comes a, a pre-trib rapture, hallelujah, I'm in. As long as my feet leave the ground when that trumpet sounds. Or whether it comes a, pre, a post-trib rapture. Again, we've all got our opinions. And, but if we all don't understand every prophecy, we don't claim to understand every prophecy. Every nuance of every prophecy. Simply don't. There's some things we don't know. But I'm just being transparent. I'm being honest with you. I'm being tr- truthful with you. That the number one thing in my mind and here at End Time Ministries, is, is yes, that you do understand every prophecy, but more importantly than that, is that we prepare you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I told the audience in Fort Smith, and, and I think I also told the one in Branson this weekend, that if we, you have listened to us all these years, and when the trumpet sounds, your feet don't leave the ground. If we didn't at least tell you how to do that, then we failed in our mission. However, if you follow End Time Ministries at all, go to our website and watch Into the Age Plus, the Jerusalem Prophecy College, many other things. We're going to at least tell you how to get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be born again. Jesus said, told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, can't enter or can't see or enter the kingdom of God. You have to be born again according to the New Testament plan of salvation found in the book of Acts. And once you do that, you can put your name, you'll have your name placed in the Lamb's Book of Life. Very, very important. You say, well, oh, Dave, everybody's name is going to be written there. No, it's not. Now, this is very important. I hear this. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 that at the time of the great white throne of judgment, everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, I know a lot of people try to play that down. Oh, you know, it's not, that's not really what it's saying, and there's no hell, and, uh, you know, that, that people, you know, everybody's going to make it to heaven somehow, some way. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I love everybody that's listening. And I want to I I make sure you go to heaven. I, I, I want to share with you whatever we have to do to prepare you for that event. That's our number one goal here at End Time, is we want to make sure you get to heaven. But there is a hell, 
As much as you believe there's a heaven, you've got to believe there's a hell. It's in the Bible. And the Bible says everyone whose name was not written there, which means there will be people whose names will not be written in the book. There's only one way on this planet. There are not two ways. There's one way to get your name in the book, and that is to be born again. It's exactly what Jesus told Nicodemus. And then he sent his apostles out to teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. What's the gospel of the kingdom of God? The God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. That is End Time Ministries' mission statement. is to teach the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world because the end time is now. And God is getting ready to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Let us show you how to be a part of that kingdom as an immortal individual. There's nothing more important than that. So, more important than all the rest of these articles that I have to go through. I mean, I could, I could try to explain to you in every prophecy in great detail, and we do. It's very important. They're in the Bible. It's about 30% of the Bible. But I want to make sure that you are born again. Go to endtime.com. Read the brochure. What do you mean born again? Give us a call here at End Time. What do you mean born again? Can you share that with me? Very, very important. It's the most important thing in all of your lives. We love you guys. We truly mean that when we say that. If I didn't love you, then why would we do all of this? It's not a money-making thing, believe me. It is an outreach. It's an effort of love from us to you that we say, hey, let us prepare you for that second coming. It's not very far off, folks. So we love each and every one of you. Thank you for supporting us over the years with your prayers and finances. Looking forward, I'm I'm excited about the end time. I'm not scared of it. I'm excited about the things, the great revivals and all the wonderful things that God would do in the near future. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.